Welcome to Money Grows on Trees. Money does grow on trees. A podcast full of practical, real-life money lessons that you wish you learned in school. Lloyd is a former lawyer turned lifestyle entrepreneur. In each episode, he'll be answering the tough questions around money, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you transform your money mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's oh, your host, Lloyd Ross. Money Grows on Trees podcast. My name's Lloyd Ross, and this episode is titled, Is the US Dollar Dead? Is the US Dollar Dead? I really want to do this episode because this particular topic has been confusing people, scaring people, frightening people into all sorts of silly financial decisions, and a few people have messaged me on Instagram asking me about, hey, what's this whole thing with China and Russia and Brazil and so forth coming up with a new currency? Should we be worried? You hear of crypto people talking about the demise of the US dollar and the fiat currency. It's just absolute rubbish and noise. You don't need to worry about it. You can just ignore it and get on with your day and focus on your own personal financial journey. <clears throat> you don't need to worry about the US dollar dying. The US dollar is the reserve, world's reserve currency by a mile. It accounts for about 60% of global currency, um, which is huge. It, it, that's huge. If you were... If the US dollar was a company, it would command like substantial market share, more so than some of the greatest companies in the world in terms of what they, like the likes of um, Amazon and so forth. Like 60% market share is, is an incredible market share. And you cannot just knock that off its perch. I think it accounts for, the US dollar accounts for like 90% of foreign exchange transactions, 50% of SWIFT payments and and trade invoicing around the world and it's just so stable it's actually gone up in value because during times of uncertainty people run to the US dollar and that it's gone up because people are buying treasury bonds uh, from the United States because it's the risk-free asset it's the safest place to put your money um, Warren Buffett's buying tens of billions of dollars of US treasury bonds right now there is absolutely nothing to worry about with the US dollar reserve currency before the US dollar became the reserve currency, which probably around, in and around World War II, predominantly, um, it kind of transitioned to that way. But prior to that, it was the British pound, because the to actually have the world's reserve currency, there's some elements that must be fulfilled for that to happen. There must be a democracy, um, there must be free, you know, a lot of uh, trade and liquid assets and a, you know, a workable business stock exchange and, and a rule of law to hold and preserve ownership of assets, uh, a judicial system. Like, there are some elements you have to, to, to achieve uh, before you can have the world reserve currency. But the number one, truly, is you have to have the world's greatest military power. Um, because if you don't and you get overrun by another country, then they will ultimately become, they will probably have the world's reserve currency. So that's part of it. And, and the US does have the strongest military power. By In my opinion, just based on what I've learned and read about the military and what I've seen, uh, it, by, by a fair margin. So... Uh, <laughs> Prior to the British having the pound as the reserve currency, then you had the the Dutch. The Dutch had their own currency, and the reason why they had the reserve currency of the world is because they had the greatest military power. They owned the seas. They owned. They had the biggest navy, and then it transitioned to the British Empire, which became the the greatest empire in the world. And of course, that diminished after World War II, and the U.S. became the world leading superpower. With it came the U.S. dollar reserve currency. So I I just don't see that changing. 
certainly in your lifetime, my lifetime, and probably for the next hundred years, I'd imagine. I just can't, it's just so difficult to, to dislodge the US dollar as a world's reserve currency. Because if you look at it, China, for example, the yuan, which is the local currency in China, it accounts for about 2.5% of global currency. It's just not even close. And if you look at what happened when people say, oh, Lloyd, what, they're, they're colluding with Russia and Brazil and they're coming up with this new digital currency, what's going to happen? And of course, you see it on Instagram. It's absolute clickbait for those pages that want you to you know, create controversy in the comments. And you just don't want to take anything... Um, except for my Instagram page. You don't want to take anything <laughs> uh, financial from anyone's Instagram pages really, right? Um, you just, uh, you got to be careful. This is just scaremongering. But check it out. So Europe, what about Europe? It's, it's, it's one of the largest trading blocks in the world and uh, multinational, multi-country. And uh, it was fragmented. So you had a lot of countries previously having their own currency, right? And... Uh, what happened was when the European Union was created, they of course created the euro, the euro dollar. And when they created that, that that's, a, that's a huge amount of countries, that's a tremendous amount of countries coming together with a lot of economic power creating a currency. And what happened? Did it, did the euro, by all stretch and by all, by all chances, the euro could have been a reserve currency because it's just such a massive piece of the world economy there. Uh, but it didn't. So, like, if you think about it, if Europe, with all its might, with Germany and Italy and France and Spain and flipping all the rest of them, if it can't become the world's reserve currency, how could you see China and Russia and Brazil? You know, some. I mean, Brazil's still a developing country. Like, how could you possibly see that as becoming the world reserve currency if the euro can't? So it's just got no chance. It's just not going to happen. It's not even remotely a problem. And so you can just stop worrying about it. Um, you know, and I think just while I'm on the topic too, currencies are not something you want to invest in. Like when people say to me, Lloyd, what do you think about crypto? And what do you think about uh, the US dollar and fiat currency and the Australian dollar? I'm like, it's all crap. It's all rubbish. I don't, I don't want to own any dollars or any euros or any crypto, nothing. Owning currencies is stupid for stupid people, <laughs> okay? Should you have some currency like cash, fiat currency, like an emergency fund, yes, a backup fund waiting to deploy it into a property or or businesses like in the stock market or reinvest in your own scaling of your own business? Yes, you should have cash for those purposes. But beyond that, it's not ideal to own currencies, period. Just not. I, would ha- I don't want to own any currencies because it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't grow in value, doesn't produce cash flow and goes down through the powers of inflation. I don't want to own any currencies. I could care less if, even if China created the world's reserve currency, I still wouldn't want to own any. What would I be? What would I be using the Chinese yuan for? I'd be buying real estate assets. I'd be buying shares in great businesses that I do now, and I'd be fun, funding and growing my own businesses, which is what I do now. And I'd have an emergency fund of cash. That's fine, right? So you got it. Depending on your the size of your business or your personal financial situation, you would want to have some cash reserves. So Warren Buffett, he actually doesn't have cash. He buys bonds. He buys treasury bonds with his cash. He doesn't hold cash. He he owns treasury bonds. That's a risk free financial instrument. Okay, it's just as good as cash. It's sa- as safe as cash, but it's not cash. So. For that purpose too, he's got about, he just, Berkshire Hathaway just announced their profits, that's Warren Buffett's company, just announced their earnings, and he has about 150 billion US dollars in, in, in treasury bond, you know, cash, like cash assets. It's, ca- it's, it's counted as cash on the balance sheet, 
but he has liquid assets or cash of about that. But he doesn't have cash because he likes cash. He has it for a purpose. One, he has to have some reserves to uh, factor in, like if there's a big, because Berkshire Hathaway is a big insurance company. Effectively, it's got a lot of, it owns a lot of insurance companies. So that's a big part of its book of its business value is, is insurance. Now, if they have a big weather event and Berkshire Hathaway has to pay out, you know, policy, um, uh, you know, claims to people affected, it could have to fork out $30 billion. So he has to have cash in reserves in case that happens because he's a diligent financial manager. But he also has probably 100 billion stashed away, ready and willing and able to deploy that into buying great quality companies like Bank of America, Apple, Chevron, you know, uh, American Express and all these wonderful companies he buys or private businesses like, um, you know, BNSF Railroad and and many other private businesses he's acquired, including those insurance companies. So he has cash saved up for a reason. So I have cash for a reason and you should have some cash for a reason, but cash is trash. It truly is. Like it's probably the only thing I agree with Grant Cardone on is that cash is trash. You have it for for liquidity purposes to be able to be flexible and agile, but the rest of it, you don't want to invest in currencies. So the bottom line is, and the lesson here is, it does not matter about what currency the world's using, who cares? You're going to be buying assets. You're going to be investing in yourself. You don't need a lot of cash, okay? Those who have cash in a bank account getting 3%, 2%, whatever the case may be because they're scared, that particular fear or lack of financial education and courage is destroying their wealth and they know it. They're just too afraid to deploy their capital because they haven't invested in themselves and upskilled in terms of their education. Um, and they're not buying assets, okay, for whatever reason. So that because they're too fearful of these Instagram posts that come out, right? So you don't have to be worried about this. So forget about it. So I hope this episode has been a value. I've really wanted to do it for a long time. I actually recorded it, and for some reason, when I sent it to Phil, it was like one second. I was like, what happened to that episode? So I just wanted to re-record this. Um, I hope that makes sense. This will help you, I'm sure, um, to just get past all that noise, right? It's just, it's just rubbish, okay? So thank you for those who are sharing the podcast. We have almost 100 five-star reviews on Spotify, so thank you so much for that. If you haven't left this a five-star review on Spotify, it's really easy if you've been listening to the podcast just go into Spotify, click the button five stars, and you're done. Thank you so much if you can do that. Thanks to those who share this on their stories in Instagram and Facebook and share it into money groups and share it into financial help groups. This podcast is being shared heaps of places. I, I just came from an event on the weekend and people said, I've listened to the podcast. It's really, it seems to be of value to people. Short snippet, important pieces of personal finance, entrepreneurship and investing, information for you too listen to and learn and avoid all the pitfalls so that you can command and build a financial fortress. So thanks once again. Uh, You'll see some links below in the show notes. Go explore that, have a look and jump into our free Telegram channel if you like in our Facebook group, jump in there. But hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast and I've got so many cool episodes coming up. It's wild. We're thinking about (laughs) increasing the number of episodes, I think. So I'm threatening to do that. But we do have some amazing ones coming up. I've got some cool things to share with you, so I look forward to talking with you once again on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. You go have a wealthy week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at LloydJRoss.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at LloydJamesRoss. 